Welcome to the latest podcast from Greyfriars Church in Reading. Our vision is to see Reading transformed by the love and power of Jesus. You can find out more on our website, greyfriars.org.uk. Enjoy. Good morning, everyone. Please do keep your Bibles open um, as we look at these words. We've come to the last in our series on Frontline Sundays. And uh, I hope it really has been helpful, as Natalie said, as we think about those places where we are during the week, whether it's work or school or university or just being in your communities with neighbours and friends and family. Um, Before I was a vicar, I I did do something else. I I worked in business and um, I had a growing sense of purpose over the years whilst I worked in business about who I am in Christ and about how the Lord wanted to work through me in that place, in the business that I was working. And uh, it came about really partly as a result of a lay preacher at the time, who, when I was at a church in London, and he would speak regularly about the importance of workplace ministry and the importance of all of you in your place of work being Christ's ambassadors. And as I listened to this, it began to sink in and I began to view my work differently and have a a greater sense of what God was wanting to do through me in that place. And I I was the only Christian in in my team. Um, I worked for a French company in France. Whilst I love it, it is a very secular country, so there weren't many Christians around in the business either. And so I realised that as we talk about front lines, there's great opportunity, but there's also great challenges that all of us face on our front lines. And one of the challenges I faced was I was travelling a lot during the week. So I would leave the UK on a Monday and would return on a Friday. And so I was away a lot from family and friends and, uh, and from church. And there were times when I felt quite distant from the church community because I wasn't able to connect at all really during the week. And I wonder whether some of you feel a little bit like that. It's a question for you. How connected do you feel to this community, to Greyfriars, to the people who are sat around you, and to what God is doing through all of us together? You know, maybe you come once a month or, I don't know, once a fortnight. Maybe you're not yet part of a small group. Maybe you actually are sat here this morning and you feel quite alone and you don't feel like you really know many people very well. These words that we've just read in Hebrews are a huge encouragement to us as the church, God's people. And they encourage us to draw nearer to God and to draw nearer to one another. And in doing so, we, as this slide says in front of you, we grow together as God's people. And so drawing closer to God and drawing closer to each other is good for us as individuals, but it's also good for the whole body, the church. And as we do that, as we get closer to God and one another, we grow and we're equipped for our front lines. So let's pray, and I want to encourage not just me to pray, but you pray that God would speak to you through these words and that in faith, God would equip us and grow us as we meet today and in these coming weeks. So Lord, we thank you that you are here. 
Your spirit is with us, as we will say in a few minutes as we gather around the communion table. Lord, build up your body that is the church. Grow us and draw us closer to you that we would reflect your glory in greater and greater measure through our lives every day of the week. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Uh, I love this letter written to the Hebrews. Uh, If you haven't read it recently, cover to cover, well, beginning to end, please do it today. It will take you 45 minutes, that's all. So this afternoon, this evening, if you really want to grow in your faith, then I challenge you, take it seriously and read this letter. Because as you do, you will grow in your faith. You'll be equipped for whatever lies ahead of you this week. And uh, it will help you in your walk with Jesus. Now, we don't know um, who exactly wrote this letter, but we do know that they are writing to a group of Jewish Christians, and that's why it's called a letter to the Hebrews. And this group of people who received this letter uh, knew what it meant to be under pressure. We read that they were persecuted, um, some of them had been imprisoned, and so the writer is penning this letter to cheer them on, to spur them on in the faith. And as it says in this little heading that we have in the NIV Bibles, to encourage them to persevere. And that is in part what God wants to do among us this morning, to encourage us and to uh, help us continue persevering in the faith as we seek God together. Now, the message of uh, the letter to the Hebrews is this. Jesus is greater He's greater than anything or anyone else. And the letter comes to a climax in chapter 10 as we read about Jesus' sacrifice on the cross made for all people, past, present, and future. And through the death and resurrection of Jesus, as you know, we have been cleansed and forgiven and made holy and restored in the image of God and in our relationship with our Father in heaven. This is the grace of God. But it doesn't stop there. Because I realize more and more as I read the Bible, that often in the West we come to Scripture with a really individualistic sense of, well, it's about me and my faith before God. But we need to remember that this letter, and in fact the whole of Scripture, is not written to individuals, it's written to groups of believers. So here we're reading a letter written to a group of Jewish Christians. And so actually we need to read this letter in the context that it was meant, that it's not just for you as an individual, but it's meant for the whole of Greyfriars, for the whole church in this country, for the whole church in the world. Ecclesia is the word that we read in the New Testament. It means church, God's people. And the writer to the Hebrews is giving us three reasons here why we should keep going in the faith and keep meeting together. And uh, we're going to look through these words in the, the scriptures we heard read by Jane that will help us understand these three reasons. And the first is this, as we gather like this and in other ways during the week, 
we draw near to God. Have a look at verse 22 of Hebrews 10. Draw near to God with a sincere heart, with a full assurance that faith brings. Now, a quick show of hands. Were any of you guys uh, in a forest with other men from Greyfriars New Hope and other churches on Friday night? There we go, a scattering of us. There were 80 men gathered on Friday night, and I don't know about you, but I found it a huge encouragement. And we came together with um, St. Matthew Southcote, St. John's Caversham, Reading Gateway Church, and we prayed together, we worshipped together, we had fellowship together. And the aim of doing that was that we would draw closer to God. I certainly did. I don't know about any of you, but I felt as I left that evening, Friday night, closer to God because I'd been with all of you in fellowship together. And we're here today to gather and to get closer to God. That is why we're meeting. We don't gather like this to be entertained. We don't gather for you to sit here and just consume church. We gather together to contribute, each one of us, through our worship and our prayers and our interaction with each other, to build one another up, to draw closer to God. And so this involves each one of us taking steps towards God. It involves you walking towards God. We're going to be reminded in a minute that Jesus has done everything he can. He gave his life for you and me. Our job is to walk closer towards him. And that looks like turning up here. It looks like being part of a, a small group. If you're not part of a small group, then take one of these little blue cards in the seat in front of you. And on the back is a QR code or a, a link to a, our website. And ask Natalie to join a small group. Drawing close to God looks like financially giving. We've got another card, a red one, that says giving on it. If you're not giving as part of this community, please start today. It's part of what it means to be a disciple of God, to sacrificially give. It, it means turning up to bite on a Thursday, which is our youth group. It means being part of time out on a Thursday morning. Whatever it looks like, serving, giving, praying, meeting up with each other during the week, these are all steps towards God that help us draw near to him. I think it's fair to say that most churches post-COVID have found that attendance has dwindled and, you know, we've got so many distractions. It might be that on a Sunday morning you find yourself thinking, well, you know, is there a better offer? Is there family or friends I can meet with? Is there some sport on TV or... You know, maybe you just even struggle to get out of bed. There will always be 101 other things to do. But this is vital to our spiritual health and growth. As we meet together in different forms during the week, we draw nearer to God. And I want you to remember, as you think about these words in Hebrews 10, that not everyone in the world has this privilege, and it is a privilege. I want you to think about the persecuted church. I want you to think about Pastor Saheb in Iran. 
who just last month went to Tehran on, um, and he was fulfilling an errand, just delivering something. And he was detained in Tehran, and he was flogged, given 50 lashes, and imprisoned for the crime of having drunk some communion wine. He's now threatened with imprisonment or exile again. This isn't the first time in his life. And believers in countries like Iran and other countries around the world don't have a blasé attitude to, shall I go to church or not? They are hungry for God. And I challenge us in this country, not just all of us here, that that is why the persecuted church, where we see it in countries like Iran and others around the world, is growing. Because there isn't complacency. There is a genuine hunger and thirst for Jesus. And in the face of persecution, people are stepping closer to God. And we read here in this verse in Hebrews 10, draw near to God with confidence, because in verse 20 it says, Jesus has made a new way for us. He has done it all. He has paid the ultimate price for you and me to reconcile us back into relationship with God. And so not out of a sense of duty, but out of a sense of desire and praise, we bring ourselves to God. We worship him. We give. We serve. We we offer ourselves as living sacrifices before God. So the first thing is draw near to God. The second thing is hold on to the hope that you have. Have a look at verse 23. Now, you and I are unlikely in our lives to face the same pressure and challenge that Pastor Saheb faces in Iran. But I am aware that through your work and your school and your interactions with friends and family, you will face challenges. Your faith will be tested. People will question, why do you believe? And they will challenge your faith. It's not always easy to stand up for the values of the kingdom of God. Verse 23 says this, hold on unswervingly to the hope that you have. And I would want to add, even when the current, the tide that we face in this country seeks to wash you away and draw you away from Jesus, to quieten you and stop you standing up and speaking about the good news of Jesus, boldly proclaiming who you believe in and what Jesus has done for you. It's been said that the church is the hope of the world. And that means that you are the hope of the world. It's Christ in you. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. And so you are called to take that light out onto your front lines. And as you do, hold on to the hope that you have. And our hope is this, that Jesus, our Savior, came to this earth and lived and died for you and for me and for all people. And he did it to reconcile us to God our Father. Our hope is that on the third day, Jesus rose again from the dead and that he ascended to heaven and is now seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding for all humanity as you and I sit here today. 
That is where Jesus is, and that is what he is doing. Our hope is that God is with us by his Spirit, with you this week, on your front lines, in your relationships, in your conversations, in the joys and challenges that you will face this week. Our hope is that Jesus will return to this world and that on that day, every knee will bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And all those who turn to him will face an eternity with him, without pain, without suffering, without sickness, and with a resurrection body. This is our hope. And the writer to the Hebrews says, Hold on to that hope with everything you've got, especially when you face the storms of life. Because if you're anything like me, it's quite easy when all is going well to hold on to the faith. The challenge comes when we face the fire or the floods. Hold on to that hope that you have in Christ. That's the second thing. And finally, verse 25, encourage each other. Now, we all need encouragement. We need encouragement to keep going in the faith. We need encouragement in the face of challenge and difficulties in our lives. We need encouragement through prayer. We need encouragement to keep meeting as a community like this. We need encouragement to persevere in the faith, to keep praying, to keep reading the scriptures, to keep focused on mission. We need encouragement through hearing what God is doing among us. Testimony. It builds up the body of Christ. And the best way I can think of illustrating what it means to encourage each other is for us to encourage each other. So we're going to do that now. And so I'm asking you now to think of one encouragement that you have had in the last few days or weeks. Something that God has done. It might be small. It might be a small answer to prayer. It might be a conversation with another believer. It might be someone who's encouraged you to get the picture. I mean, it could be something miraculous. Please, if that is true, share it as well. And I want you to turn to each other and just to share your one encouragement. So just in case you haven't been listening throughout the whole of this sermon, <laughs> to give you the benefit of now knowing what we're doing or about to do, you're going to turn to each other and think of one encouragement of what God has been doing in the last few days or weeks, and if you're really struggling, months, in or through you, or if you can't do that, through someone else you know, turn to each other and share an encouragement. So let's encourage each other, church.
Is there anyone who now feels encouraged in the faith? Anyone who feels encouraged, raise a hand. Some of you must feel encouraged. Anyone feel encouraged? At least six of you. I'll, I'll go with that. Um, someone once said that encouragement is like verbal sunshine. You know, we need to be encouraged in the faith. And I want to encourage all of you. You are an amazing group of people. You know, Greyfriars and New Hope is an amazing church. I am so encouraged by what God is doing through all of you. And the, the deeply humbling part is I only see a tiny fraction of it. And that is good for my humility levels. Because actually the vast majority of what God is doing through you is every day out there on your front lines, in your places of work, in your families. Someone I was just sitting with was saying, you know, in face of challenge at work, their son said to them, you are an awesome dad. Isn't that amazing? So actually we can all be encouraged. And I want you to be encouraged that God is moving in power through you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And it happens as we come together, as we draw closer to God as we hold on to that hope, as we encourage each other. And it can't happen if you're just on your own during, well, for weeks on end and you don't come and be part of this community. Part of what we do as we gather is encouraging each other in the faith, building one another up to then be sent out on our front lines. So we're going to respond together through Holy Communion now. And there is no better way, really, to respond and to say, Lord, we are so grateful. We're so thankful that you have sent Jesus to take our place, to draw us into relationship again with you, God. We're so thankful that Jesus died for us, that he rose again and that he's going to return. We're so thankful that we do this as part of a community, a vibrant, Christ-centred community. And so we do it together. And as we share communion, we grow together in our faith. And so we're just going to pause for a minute. just want to give you a moment of stillness and silence. Actually for thanksgiving to rise in your hearts. And then I'll lead us in a short prayer and then... Natalie will lead us as we share this meal together. Let's just still ourselves before God for a moment. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for your body, the body of Christ that is the church. In all its diversity, we thank you for the challenge and the inspiration of the persecuted church around the world. That therein lies true faith and growth and zeal for you. Thank you for this church, Lord, that we are part of, this community 
for friends, for small groups, for our gatherings on Sunday and during the week. Thank you for the freedom that we have in this country to gather and worship you. But most of all, Lord, we thank you for our Saviour, Jesus. We thank you for his sacrifice. We thank you for the ways in which we, by your Spirit, grow together as your church. And we thank you that we can gather together now around the bread and the wine as we remember and give thanks for all that you have done, Lord, and all that is to come. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.